From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hey, you'd almost say it was the night before Christmas. Well, it is the week before Christmas. And uh, don't forget that on Christmas Day, Sunday the 25th, the WIA National News will be broadcast. Now, it'll be available for broadcast. I would suggest that at the end of this broadcast and after your local news, just check with your local rebroadcaster to make sure that uh, he or she will be broadcasting the news. And if not, you can uh, dial around the band. You can have a look at wia.org.au and you can check out those stations that broadcast the news that uh, reply to us with callback uh, feedback. So they're the ones that are definitely broadcasting. And, uh, well... Let's settle back and uh, get into this week's WIA National News. Radio in your inbox. VK1 WIA. Now podcasting to the world. Shortly, the WIA President, Michael Owen, VK3KI. The proposal to allocate a part of the medium frequency band to the amateur service at the World Radio Conference in 2012 received a boost this week with the release of the Asia-Pacific Common Proposals that were developed at the fifth meeting of the APT Conference Prep Group for WRC-12. The proposal of interest to the amateur service is to consider an allocation of about 15 kilohertz in parts of the band 415 to 526.5 kHz to the amateur service on a secondary basis. The successful development of a regional position supporting an amateur MF allocation increases the chances the proposal will be accepted at WRC 12. The amateur radio services represented at the APT meetings by delegates from the International Amateur Radio Union Region 3. In particular, Dale Hughes was a member of the Australian delegation to this meeting and the earlier one in Hong Kong December 2010, nominated and paid for by the WIA. Dale will be representing the amateur service as a member of the Australian delegation to WRC12, again nominated by the WIA. Read the full story on WIA front page news, wia.org.au. You know it's history that makes us who we are today and helps guide us not to repeat mistakes. The WIA's archive in Bayswater has been steadily sorting documents. During the 100th year in 2010, many documents and articles were received. You are able to help preserve our history by forwarding relevant historical information in your position. The WIA is particularly seeking material relating to radio activities within Australia. Please forward suitable material to the Bayswater office marked Attention Archive or you may contact the WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. Now, Peter's address, his email address is VK3RV at wia.org.au and again you can read more on that story on WIA front page news and now our president this is Michael Owen VK3KI the WIA's freedom of information request early this year reported in the comment column of the April issue of the WIA's amateur radio magazine revealed that the ACMA did not have any documents disclosing ACMA's policy or procedures relating to such inspections. The WIA has continued to discuss these matters with the ACMA 
and now we have been able to publish an agreed statement on inspections. The full statement can be found on the WIA website currently as a news item on the home page. Let me outline some aspects of the statement. Let me put on one side cases where a radio inspector can enter premises pursuant to a warrant issued by a court on the basis of evidence of significant breaches of the Radio Communications Act or in an emergency to stop actual interference to certain safety services. Those situations apart, radio inspectors un acting under that Act do not generally have automatic rights to enter an individual property unless permission is granted by the occupier of the property. Amateur station inspections are normally a routine activity, often with an educational objective. Ordinarily, an inspector should arrange a mutually convenient time by telephone with a licensee to inspect the licensee's station. If the licensee is aged under 18, the appointment should be made through a parent or guardian and the inspection should be carried out in the presence of the parent or guardian. The ACMA points out that in some cases where an inspector is working in a particular area it may be convenient to visit amateurs in the area for station inspections when it may not be possible to make a prior appointment by telephone. It has been agreed that the following steps will be taken in such cases where an inspector has been unable to make an appointment. Firstly, the ACMA staff will select the licensees to be visited by proximity of their stations to other work in an area. The ACMA staff will ascertain the age of each licensee to be visited. If the licensee is aged under 18, contact shall be made through a parent or guardian or other adult. Upon arrival, the inspector shall identify himself and display his or her identification card. The WIA advises that the licensee should note the name of the inspector. The inspector shall request permission to enter and to inspect the station. If it is not convenient to do so, the inspector should advise the licensee that the inspection may take place at another time, more convenient to both the ACMA and the licensee. The ACMA staff shall always ensure that if the licensee is aged under 18, any inspection is carried out at all times in the presence of a parent or guardian or other adult. The licensee shall assist the inspector in the conduct of the inspection and possible testing of equipment. The agreed statement ends with the following. It is expected that the ACMA staff and amateur operators will work cooperatively in accordance with the above procedure and always bear in mind 
the individual rights of the licensee. I urge you to read the full statement on the WIA website. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southern suburbs of Adelaide, it can be heard on VK5 RAD 2 metre repeater 147.000 at 9am on Sunday mornings. I'm Morgan, VK5 Triple M, on behalf of the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. Hi, this is Margaret from the office. Merry Christmas and uh, happy and safe New Year. Around VK we go, VK2 and VK4, where it's the Tar Christmas Lights Tour. Get out your Santa hats, flashy pins and glad rags and get ready for a magical mystery tour of the Light Fantastic in Townsville. Particularly if you are travelling through the area, make contact on the RAT repeater system now because the world-famous TARC Christmas Lights Tour is on again, happening Friday evening, December 23. It's a drive-yourself dazzling spectacular and all mobile shack chariots will need to monitor 146.5 during the tour to hear instructions from Santa's guide vehicle. Embarkation Point will be at the picnic tables and playground northern end of the domain before the 6pm departure time. Contact Gavin, VK4ZZ. His email address is vk4zz at wia.org.au or via the VK4RAT repeater system. Hello everyone. Merry Christmas from the members of the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. I'm Rod, VK2FVRJ. Well, it's just 70 days until the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club Field Day at Wyong, Sunday the 26th of February 2012, the largest amateur radio gathering in the Southern Hemisphere. Each year, the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club plays host to Australia's leading suppliers of amateur radio and electronic equipment, as well as over 1,500 amateur radio enthusiasts looking for that elusive field day bargain. So don't forget to mark the date on your calendar, save those pennies, and we'll see you at Amateur Radio's Big Day Out in 2012. For further information, please go to the Field Day website, fieldday.org.au, or Central Coast Amateur Radio Club, ccarc.org.au. And once again, the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club wishes all amateur radio operators and their families A very Merry Christmas and a safe and Happy New Year. From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. What use is an F-call? In 1905, George Santayana said, Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. If you're new to amateur radio like me, you don't remember the past because you don't know it. While I could dig up the history going back to 1900 or so, I'll encourage you instead to let your fingers do that walking and read that on the internet yourself. One particularly interesting document I stumbled on is called History of Radio Call Signs in Australia, a must read. Having just received my foundation license, I was unaware how recent the development of an F-call actually is. In May 2004, the ACMA published a report on the outcomes of the review of amateur service regulation, which among many outcomes recommended the introduction of an entry-level licensing option in Australia, similar to the foundation license in the United Kingdom. 
The submissions at the time, over two-thirds in favour of a foundation licensing option, cited the need to make the amateur servers more accessible to potential amateurs. There were other outcomes which you can read online. On the 21st of October 2005, the ACMA issued the first foundation license. VK's 4, Fox Romeo Sierra Tango, to Amanda, who still holds that license today. In 2005, the foundation license looked slightly different to what it does today. At the time, you were permitted 3 watts for FM, AM and CW broadcasts and 10 watts for SSB. This changed on the 3rd of February 2006, when the ACMA notified the WIA that 10 watts was allowed on all permitted emission modes for a foundation license. Now, I was never going to be giving you a history lesson. You knew that from the start. What I was trying to point out is that the privileges we enjoy today come from a background of development driven by amateurs, like yourself, asking questions and making recommendations. It comes from input from the Wireless Institute of Australia. It comes from developments overseas. Next time you key your microphone, think about what went before. And if you're not sure, spend an hour online and have a read. I'm sure you'll find things you didn't know. Perhaps you'll be inspired to write down and document some of your own achievements. One thing's for certain. If it's not written down, it didn't happen. And if that's the case, no one will know if they're repeating the same lesson you just learned. I'm Ono, VK6 Fox Lima Alpha Bravo. News, talk and radio sport here with VK1 WIA. Operational news, I'm Felix VK4FUQ. 2012. January 1 to 31, VK Ross Hull Memorial VHF UHF Contest. January 14 and 15, VK Summer VHF UHF Field Day. March 17 and 18, VK John Moyle Memorial Field Day. May 5, VK Trans Tasman Contest 80m SSB. June 9 and 10, VK Shires Contest. June 25, VK Trans Tasman Contest 160m SSB. July 1st full weekend NZAT Memorial Contest August 11 and 12 VK Remembrance Day Contest August 18 and 19 Worldwide International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend IRTS will be celebrating its 80th anniversary next year. Details of a worldwide contest CQIR to take place on St Patrick's Day Saturday the 17th of March 2012 have just been announced. Full rules and information are available at www.irts.ie. Round up those CWQSOs in the ARRL CW Rookie Roundup. The ARRL's Rookie Roundup comes around again today, Sunday, December 18. This time, the focus is on CW operation. The Rookie Roundup is an on-the-air event designed to help newly licensed amateurs build their HF and 6-meter operating skills. Similar to the ARRL Novice Roundup that ran from 1952 until 1995, the Rookie Roundup combines a competitive event with some on-the-air training, bringing fun and elmering into the 21st century. Three Rookie Roundups, SSB, RITI and CW, are held each calendar year. The CW running of the Rookie Roundup is taking place today, Sunday, December 18, from 1800 to 2359 hours UTC. Special event stations DX and Beacon and NetAdvice. KH0UY and KH0K will be operational from Saipan in the northern Mariana Islands between January the 7th to the 10th 
Activity will be on 80 metres through 6 metres plus the satellites. QSL via home calls of JO3FRH and JE4SMQ. Palestine Operation Perry HB9IQB has been granted a licence by the Ministry of Telecommunications and Technology in Ramallah and plans to be active as E44PM. He is expected to be operational for seven days from last Friday the 16th. He announced this past week. Taking into consideration the many emails from SSV Ops, I will try to spare not less than 20% of the time in that mode. CW will be my main mode. Intruder Watch, Enforcement Zone. Russian Military OFDM in 40 metres. The November issue of the IARU Monitoring System newsletter reports that the Russian military have been transmitting on 7000.8 kHz using OFDM-112. If you hear it or any intrusions, notify the WIA Intruder Watch. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Hi, this is Peter, VK3MV, wishing all of you a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, from the desk of the uh, Intruder Watch uh, Coordinator and the ACMA Government Liaison uh, Person for the WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Nomination deadline approaching for ARRL International Humanitarian Award. The deadline to nominate an amateur or group of amateurs for the 2011 ARRL International Humanitarian Award is coming up December 31, 2011. This award is conferred upon an amateur or amateurs who demonstrate devotion to human welfare, peace and international understanding through amateur radio. The ARRL established the annual prize to recognise amateur radio operators who've used ham radio to provide extraordinary service to others in times of crisis or disaster. As one of the few telecommunication services that allows people throughout the world from all walks of life to meet and talk with each other, Amateur Radio spreads goodwill across political boundaries. Last Monday, the 12th saw the IC chip inventor's birthday. The late Robert Norton Noyce, nicknamed the Mayor of Silicon Valley, who co-founded Fairchild Semiconductors and along with Jack Kilby invented the integrated circuit. While in college, his physics professor got hold of two of the very first transistors out of Bell Laboratories and Noyce was hooked. The field was so young that when Noyce went to MIT in 1948, he knew more about transistors than many of his professors. His first job was as a research engineer and then he joined the Shockley Semiconductor Laboratory and later co-founded Fairchild Semiconductors Noyce and Gordon Moore founded Intel in 1968 when they left Fairchild and it became a market leader. The integrated circuit was one of the stepping stones towards what he took for granted today, the ubiquitous microprocessor. Noyce was born on December 12, 1927 and died in 1990 at the age of 62. He was looked up to as a father figure to an entire generation of entrepreneurs and gave the Silicon Valley its name. He had been featured on Google with a graphic. Ham radio, at least in the US, will soon be sharing the 70 centimetre band with micropower medical devices. FCC grants secondary service allocation to wireless broadband medical micropower networks. At its regular meeting on Wednesday, November the 30th, 
the four-member FCC commission unanimously agreed to allocate spectrum and adopt service and technical rules for the utilization of new implanted medical devices that operate on 413 to 457 megahertz spectrum. These devices will be used on a secondary basis as part of the Medical Data Radio Communications Service in Part 95 of the FCC rules. According to the FCC, these devices would greatly expand the use of functional electronic stimulation to restore sensation, mobility, and function to those persons with paralyzed limbs and organs. They would be implanted in a patient and function as a wireless broadband medical micropower network, or MMN. Now, these new rules are the result of a notice of proposed rulemaking that the FCC released in March of 2009. A report and order that will define these new rules is expected soon. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. The matter of our Sunday news broadcast... I would like to offer my deep appreciation to all who make it possible. The correspondents, the rebroadcasters and clubs who keep the news coming. Especially I thank our inveterate news editor Graham, VK4BB, who with his support crew spent many voluntary hours on making it happen. Home Life and Work managed to allow our broadcast team to follow the amateur's code, somehow keeping life in balance. Many thanks to you all, and to our listeners. May you enjoy the best festive season, offerings, and all the new year can offer. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's CW. Annual New Year's break for the VK2BWI Morse broadcasts. Yes, the VK2BWI Slow Morse broadcasts heard weekly on Thursday evenings at 2000 hours local time, that's VK2 time, on 3.550 MHz, will be taking a break over the new year. The last broadcast for 2011 will be on Thursday, the 22nd of December, and broadcast will resume on Thursday, the 2nd of February, 2012. Ross, VK2ER and Jeff, VK2BGP, would like to thank listeners for their support and interest throughout the year. Callbacks remained more or less constant in numbers and were always very much appreciated. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital and a reminder that the Australian Coordinator for TCPIP Domains is Indy, VK2XB. A new version of ROS has been released. A new version of ROS data software has been released by the author EA5HVK. The update includes improved performance for high-frequency NVIS communications. Also, as of December 1st, the code structure of ROS HF has changed in order to support mid- to low-band NVIS propagation. Versions prior to 6.8.4 will be incompatible with the latest version. There is no change to the medium frequency and EME modes. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. ISS Shadow Beacon Experiment Postponed. The recently announced Plasma Thrust Space Shadow Beacon Experiment using amateur radio has been postponed until after the delivery of a new rig next April. 
This is because of a problem with the current gear on board the orbiting outpost. Sergei RV-3DR of the Russian Space Corporation Energia is amongst those responsible for amateur radio operations from the ISS. He says that the onboard radio was self-switched onto the standard simplex frequency of 145.825 MHz instead of the required duplex frequency split which was 144.360 and 145.825 MHz. And the problem was of the age of the old gear. Sergi says that it's been in use for more than 10 years and a new radio is planned to be delivered to the ISS by cargo vehicle in April. Because of this, Mission Control Centre plans to hold the Shadow Beacon sessions in May or June. Well, that's all I have for you this week. Merry Christmas from Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK6, it can be heard on Rollystone Repeater 146-700 and also relayed on 80 metres on a 3.565 MHz Sunday evening at 7pm local time. I'm Steve, VK6DXA. This is Fred, VK3DAC, wishing everyone a very, very Merry Christmas and all the very best for the new year. Rewind. I'm Jason, VK2LAW, this time with Rewind, Pi calling VHF. A 1955 instructional film produced by the Cambridge-based Pi Telecommunications for sales engineers on VHF communications equipment and how to sell it, describes how VHF communications can benefit police, ambulances and taxis and factories. This is a great old piece of radio history, and it's available as a video on the internet now. The address, of course, when you visit this week's text news on wia.org.au. Pi was an electronics company founded in Cambridge and has been known as Pi Radio Works Limited, Pi Limited, Pi Telecommunications, Philips Radio Communications Systems, Philips Telecom PMR, and Simico International Limited. It was founded in 1896 by William George Pye, an employee of the Cavendish Laboratory, and manufactured instruments that were used for teaching and research. Pye Communications Limited Division was formed in the 40s, where it designed and produced radio communications equipment for use in World War II. This company developed and grew into the leading UK producer of mobile radio equipment for commercial, business, industrial, police and government purposes. On the social scene, and we will be hearing from Michael Owen, our president, and also VK3 Triple F, Bruce Lees. January 23 to 17 is the World Radio Conference, WRC 11 Geneva, 23rd of January to the 17th of February 2012. February 12, VK3 is the Centre Victoria Hamfest Kite and Race Course. February 26 is the CCARC Wyong Field Day. April 14-15, WIA's National Field Day. And of course, May 25-27, to 27, WIA's annual conference in Mildura. This is Michael Owen, VK3KI, again. As we get ready for the Christmas break, may I remind you of the annual conference to be held in Mildura on May 25, 26 and 27 next year. I visited Mildura a couple of weeks ago and met with Noel and Gary from the Sunraysia Club and I'm convinced it will be a great event. I also know many people who are planning to come and say they will register soon. 
may I ask that if you are planning to come, you register now and book your hotel now. That will really help us with our planning. Also, may I remind you that the board will be meeting in February and we would like to plan the 2013 annual conference. If your club or group of clubs is thinking of suggesting that the WIA 2013 annual conference be held with your support in your interesting area, please let us know as soon as possible and before February. All roads will lead to the Radio Fest at Kyneton less than an hour from Melbourne, Ballarat and Bendigo. Major commercial traders will be there. A huge area is available for second-hand sellers, either flea market or car boot style. There's a club corner for displays and promotions. The date is Sunday the 12th of February. It is the major event in Victoria and will be held at the Kyneton Racecourse. I'm Bruce Lees, VK3 Triple F, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. Well, we are going to wish you a Merry Christmas as we uh, pull the big switch here. Not for the year, because we will be on air again next week. Yes, Christmas Day, the WIA National News will be available. Now, you might like to check with your rebroadcast operator in just a moment and just find out whether or not he or she will be actually transmitting on that day. But right around Australia, you will be able to hear us on most of the RF outlets and, of course, on wia.org.au. Till next we meet, happy Christmas wrapping. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported... You decide.